0: All bodies change during pregnancy and are usually pretty different after pregnancy as well. And sometimes that means they're a bit bigger. Today's episode is a little bit different. We are having a chat with Ailsa Robson, a psychotherapist and health at every size practitioner. We have an open chat with her about navigating the world in a larger body and maintaining your mental health at the same time. It's a pretty interesting one. So let's
1: get into it. You're listening to the How to Mum 101 podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Karen and I'm Felicity. Hi, Elsa. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. So, Elsa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, my name's Elsa Robson. I am a psychotherapist, counsellor, a walk and talk therapist and also a mum. And I live up up in the Adelaide Hills, and I have a business that I work from my private practice in Stirling and also down at Glenelg by the beach. Cool.
0: You mentioned walk and talk. What does that mean?
2: Walk and talk therapy is exactly like um, traditional therapy. It's just that it's outside in nature. I love to give people the choice um, about what they feel most comfortable with when they're sharing their personal stories. Lots of people find it really easy to talk about some of their more painful stories openly when you're walking alongside of somebody out in nature. That's really as as simple as it is it's exactly the same as traditional therapy confidential and the same therapeutic processes it's just that we're walking outside in nature
1: oh, cool that's really interesting it is so interesting isn't yeah. it I've, I've been having chats with Elsa about trying to get a session myself because I just think it's so fantastic yeah. and you also mentioned that you're a mum so you've got two daughters yeah. is that right
2: I do. I have two primary school aged girls and I'm also a stepmum. I'm a step-mum to my um, husband's eldest daughter who has um, just become a mum herself. So I, I don't actually, it feels very odd because I'm a bit younger than my husband, but I'm actually a step nana. So it's been really fascinating to to talk to my stepdaughter about her journey and, and relive it because it feels like five seconds ago for me. Um, you know what it's like, like it, the years yeah. go past, but you still remember those early days. A little bit hazy though, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> hazy and, and um, deliciously over. <laughs>
1: Yes,
0: that's a good way to put it. So Elsa, one of the things that we really wanted to dig into with you today is to do with body image. So I'm sure this is something that that you've come across in in your therapy sessions with women. And it's certainly something that I've noticed that pregnant women seem to be Struggling with, you know, their bodies are changing. Their bodies are getting yeah. bigger. They're worried about whether they're going to get smaller again. What are what are some of the things that you've come across and and some of the some of the issues and and struggles that women are having?
2: Sure. I suppose personally, I found it um, quite challenging because I was in a larger body myself um, as I was navigating trying to fall pregnant and there's just so much stigma about your weight and whether it affects your fertility. And then when you're pregnant, how much you're gaining and if you're not gaining enough and there's, it's just quite weight centric. So I know now that, um, I had to learn very quickly to advocate for myself and have really good health professionals that supported me through my pregnancy and post pregnancy that were that made me feel good about myself. And that's hard when you kind of popped on the scales and and you're also scrutinizing your changes against other people's pregnant bodies and other people's you know postpartum bodies. I probably would just like to tell people that they're not alone. We all struggle with this in in some regard because our bodies are changing. It might be sometimes people also become really empowered during the process. So, um, they feel like their bodies are changing and getting bigger and bigger and they're growing a baby and it's gorgeous. And then when they have their baby, then they're kind of left with the aftermath and usually we don't get celebrated for that aftermath. We, um, we're we told that we kind of need to snap back, you know, and, and get back into our old genes and that's just so much pressure, especially when you're under the pump with a newborn. You might be really... Grieving your past life and past body, so compassion all the way is is the most helpful thing. And also to remind yourself that you are not alone, and to keep um, a really good strong team of people around you that make you feel good is is what I'd say. Just weed out those those people and those service providers that that make you question your your body because um, it has done an amazing thing and it's going to keep doing amazing things um, as you as you age and as you grow yeah
1: oh absolutely could we just smiling and nodding away here um, <laughs> so many so many points that hit home right then and there um, it's so true what you say as well about you know trying to embrace the changes in your body and and everyone talks about you know how beautiful the pregnant belly is and um, you know from an outsider's perspective like it's almost like you know you are sort of put up on a pedestal of having this big beautiful round bump but yeah. um, you know, you're right, it's the same body that's sometimes not celebrated afterwards, you know, and, and as you yes. put it, the aftermath, there's so much going on hormonally and then also, yeah, just trying to feel comfortable, not necessarily even wanting to physically fit into your jeans from a, um, the way that you look. But for me it was like I just want to be comfortable and these clothes yeah. aren't comfortable. And then that just reminds you that your body's different than what it used to be.
2: Yes, yes. Oh well, I would always suggest to um, to size up or down or sideways or whatever you need to do to be comfortable. Um, it is, um, you know, I I did note one thing down is when when you're not a mum, you kind of don't realize like how central you think you are to the universe. <laughs> and and how important your you know your clothes are being a certain size and then once you become a mum you kind of realize oh I I get it I'm I'm no longer um I'm no longer so important the importance is actually on um on my child and and being a mum and doing the best that I can and that then um relates to to wearing clothes that that allow me to be the best mum that I can instead of doing my head in over over uncomfortable knickers maybe. <laughs> just keep the maternity ones
1: going. That's one of my biggest tips. They are the most comfortable
2: knickers ever. Yep.
1: Four years on, I'm wearing them.
2: Yep, yep. and moddy, moddy body or um, or other period pant knickers, you know, just yeah, all the way through. <laughs>
0: You know, it sounds like one of the one of the important things to do when you catch yourself um, being doubted by a health professional, or perhaps being ju- you feel judged by someone who's around you in terms of your body not being the same or being a bit bigger. Now that you've now that you're a mum, is are there any sort of specific narratives that you can perhaps have on standby to play back to yourself in terms of reinforcing your worth as perhaps now a bigger person
2: when you have this idea in your in your mind that everybody is judging you about your body or um you're not living up to whatever standards that you have set for yourself or other people might be setting for you just remember that um that all the other people around you that you're concerned about judging you are judging themselves just as harshly so um it's it's a universal ideal to to imagine um, that we're the only ones judging ourselves harshly, and that um, it's sometimes really hard to do because you've had so many years of um, of listening to your inner critic, and the inner critic is actually it's it's there to protect you and kind of remind you about your values, but often um, you need to learn about what those what those thought processes are, are really um, coming, where they're really coming from, those old threads that you've learnt as you've grown up and as you've experienced um, the world through the lens of what a good body is. Um, so I would be curious and compassionate to yourself whilst you notice those thoughts.
0: Curious and compassionate. I mm. think that's mm. that's a really fantastic little phrase to remember why could I possibly feeling be feeling this judgment is it real that that person is judging me or is that coming from within and whatever the answer is um hold yourself with compassion rather than succumb to the judgment yeah
2: absolutely that's that's exactly yeah. what I would say <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, Yeah, <laughs> they're my two um two of my favorite words within my um, my work is curiosity and compassion um, my clients would all be nodding right now um, <laughs> because when you when you notice something and you hold it with curiosity then you can um, externalize it from yourself. so you're not exactly owning it, you're not getting caught in it. you're um, being able to view it from outside of yourself and then uh, gather information because really it's it's all about information rather than judgment. And then yes, lashings of compassion, lashings and lashings of mm-hmm. compassion.
1: And one another C word that you talked about before was that comparison in the early stages of, you know, have I put on enough weight to someone else that's of the same, you know, gestation as me or, you know, did I start at the right weight or, and is that going to impact me? And like I think my mum used to say comparison is the thief of joy. Um, yes. Because if we're so caught up in comparing to And it's it's such a societal thing as well because everything is, you know, oh, you're this this gestation and your baby is the size of a lemon and now it's the size of this and you're like, it's only the size of a lemon and why am I 5 kilos kilos kilos. (laughs) heavier? So I think that sort of comparison, as much as it's something that we love to do, it it can actually also be our undoing, can't it?
2: Absolutely. Um, I uh, Where did I – somebody read or said something recently where – in the early stages of your children when you're kind of figuring out who's taken the first steps out of your babies and and who's you know all those small milestones and when they're 21 you don't remember like whose child walked first <laughs> or whose child did something else you know it it's um it is it 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 takes away joy in just being in the moment um and noticing how your body is changing and, and your child is developing. We are all so different. Um, I There's a really fascinating um, YouTube clip called Poodle Science um, on, on YouTube and it gives a little bit of an indication about how when it comes to body shape, if we all imagined that we were dog breeds and we uh, – and we were all trying to diet or or change our bodies to become poodles that wouldn't really work out for for everyone imagine a chihuahua trying to build up to be a poodle or a great dane trying to slim down to be a poodle it just doesn't work that way so you know our our bodies are supposed to be different we are supposed to experience pregnancy different and um and life in different bodies and there is not one body that is is the ideal body. We are just all perfectly imperfect, and we all um, just need to take care of ourselves and each other. Good advice. Yeah.
0: Also, we've we've read on your um, your website that you are a health at every size provider. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means and, and what's the significance of
2: it? Sure. Um, so. Obviously, I've had my own struggles with um, body image concerns over my lifetime. And when I was in my 20s, I stumbled across health at every size, which is um, short, short, they call it Haze. Um, Health at every size is a really compassionate movement that encourages people to add more health behaviors to their life rather than focusing on weight. I stumbled across it because I had a really lovely um, dietitian. I walked into I walked into the um, community health service and, and saw this dietitian and said, I need a diet. And she said, um, actually, maybe you want to read this book. And I said, no, I don't need a book about health for every size. I, I need a diet. You know, I need to lose weight. And bless her, she encouraged me to take it home and have a little read. And... Um, It just changed my life, changed my life because um, I then understood that health is not determined by how much you weigh or your size. It is only determined by the behaviors that you incorporate into your life. Um, and that diet culture has done so much psychological damage to us as we continue to believe that thinner is better or indeed healthier and it's simply not true. I had been on weight loss diet and weight loss diet over the years and I completely understand that um, losing weight and ultimately regaining that weight inflicts far worse Physical and psychological damage than adopting healthy behaviours whilst living in the body that you already have. Um, I had never thought that, um, even though I lived in a larger body and I was physically active and I was well, that that was actually the indication of health. I always thought it was about a number um, and a um, and a size, um, you know, pair of jeans, but then I understood that actually I am living in a healthy body and I can still incorporate more helpful behaviours to make me feel well. And that increased my mental health by so much and and it's changed my life. So that's why I now am a Health Every Size provider.
1: That's really interesting. How long ago was it that you went and um, saw that dietitian that changed your life?
2: Um, It was uh, almost 20 years ago now. And, wow. um, she, um, she gave, she actually gave me a little bit of a book, um, a section of the book from if not dieting, then what by Dr. Rick Corsman. And Dr. Brick is kind of like the godfather, one of the godfathers of health, every size movement in Australia. This is a global movement. Um, and it's, um, you, you'll notice more and more that there's a weight neutral perspective coming across in social media. Body positivity was one of the first terms, but that's sometimes a little bit dangerous because some people have coined that term and they're using it to sell product. Um, so if you ever come across anything that's body positive and they're telling you that you need to change anything in your body to be positive about your body, then it's actually a diet in disguise. You know, it's diet yeah. culture in disguise. There's some wolf, wolves in um, sheep's clothing. Yeah, I began to incorporate a lot of the um, philosophies into my own life. Then I studied it. And, um, and then when I went and did my master's um, in counseling and psychotherapy, I used Health at Every Size um, as a platform for a lot of my assignments, and yeah. And then I, when I popped out the other side and started my private practice, Dr. Rick Korsman actually referred me my first my first Hayes client <laughs> because oh. like, I'd done his training in, in since then, and I'd um, I'd connected with other Health at Every Size um, providers in Adelaide and um, Australia and internationally now. Yeah, it's a really compassionate movement, and I work with people who may have just started to realise that there is something underlying their body image concerns. There's um, old mindset concerns. There's there's old threads that they want to delve into, and they're interested in a in a more helpful way of understanding their health. Um, so we add wonderful things to their life. You know, we we talk about adding mindful movement, enjoyable movement, foods that make you feel well, um, lots of pleasurable activities, um, lots of compassion and learning to um, gather like-minded people around you and particularly culling your social media so that you have a, a really curated feed of weight-neutral, fat-positive, um, body-neutral um, accounts that you follow, and then you'll start to understand that it's bigger than just you worrying about um, what's happening in your body. This is, yeah, this is a movement that is one day I believe that diets just won't, will, n- will just not be heard of. It'll be like smoking in planes. People will kind of go did we really smoke in planes? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. People smoked in aeroplanes, you know. Um, And we'll kind of go, really, did did doctors really prescribe diets? You know, did doctors really say, if you just lose 10 kilos or just lose 10% of your weight or just do this, Mm. um, because unfortunately we've got a really weight-centric health system and and diets don't work, um, you don't fail diets, diets fail you. So um, there's no scientific evidence to say that there is any diet that um, you can maintain a weight loss for over two years. So, um, but you can certainly regain it. And along with that, as we all know, there are significant issues with disordered eating, disordered um, perspectives on what you're what your body looks like and um it can be fatal it can be fatal for some people so this is not a phase of just allowing larger people to um to get away with being fat it's actually really significant that we need to um squash diet culture and we need to um advocate for the rights of all people in all bodies
1: absolutely I think there was some there was a lot that you just said in there that just sort of really resonates with me in terms of like particularly those first couple of months after having your baby because you are quite isolated and you don't make good food choices for yourself sometimes um, because you're so focused on like feeding the baby, and you are maybe if you've got the wrong mindset about trying to get back into you know whatever it was, um, being able to implement some um, some healthy movements into your day to get you moving, having those um, what was it that you mentioned about food, uh, fun with food, or I
2: I just I just add foods that make me feel well, um, and amounts well. Yeah. and amounts that make me feel well because um, there is. Um, there's such a dichotomy. We get we get so um, drawn into uh, ideas that we can judge food as good or bad. Food is not a moral issue. Food is just food. Um, and you're mm. right. We just need to fuel our bodies. And and often we're so tired. So you are kind of reaching for foods that will um, caffeine and and carbs just to kind of keep you going. You know, to the next sleep. And that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. It's just keeping on checking in on your body as to what your body needs because our bodies are so clever and we have just lost the ability to trust our bodies so that's really what I'm trying to teach people is to trust their bodies again
1: this is so interesting
2: I know that you know for some people that haven't actually started venturing down this line um, I can get a little bit of ahead of myself with my conversations but when I'm working one-on-one with people I meet them where they're at um and and we just work from where they're where they're finding themselves and this is as i said i've been doing this for 20 years now so i've i've kind of gone to the depths of (laughs) despair and back again over and over and i didn't have anyone to travel with me and now there are so many more opportunities for people to travel with you um there's a lot of haze providers there's lots of non-diet dietitians that can help you um and we've got a wonderful group of service providers within adelaide that i'm i'm a part of a network and it's growing it's just growing i've got um People that are interested that are um, yogis, and there's um, other people within um, alter, um, complementary therapies, and lots of other um, areas that are noticing that you know health at every size, and and just having a, a weight neutral perspective where the focus isn't on weight loss or what your weight is. It's purely about how you're feeling and, and what your body needs at the time then what your mind needs and what your soul needs then um yeah this is this is a wonderful group that's just growing and growing and growing
1: yeah it all feeds in though doesn't it you know having a healthy mind you're feeling better about yourself and you're making healthier choices for yourself and it becomes more about what like you said how you're feeling within yourself as opposed to a number on a scale or fitting back into those genes
2: I, I go to a yoga instructor who is really um inclusive of all bodies um my g p is she's well on board now after a couple of soapbox soapbox moments <laughs> myself over the years um, i uh um uh, poor um a practice nurse that I saw once um, asked me to step on the scales because uh, I was getting some help for a neck injury. I didn't allow her to weigh me and she was really bemused by my request. <laughs> um, I actually, she said, just hop on the scales before you sit down. And it was for a neck injury. And um, It was nothing to do with my weight, but um, she needed to pop in all the numbers for her charts, Um, BMI, da, da, da. And and I said, why? And she said, oh, you know this, I just need to take your weight. Why? Well, this is what we do. It's part of our numbers. Why? And I just kept asking why. And and I just advocated for myself in that moment to say, look, it's actually – I don't I'm here to talk about my neck injury um I've you've got you're referring me to an exercise physiologist who's helping me um I actually have some old kind of mental health triggers about stepping on scales and um and it's unnecessary and I'm not prepared to do it so um she was yeah she was really good she took it on board but um, when you um, when you are working with health providers, just remember to always ask why they're asking questions about your weight. Um, I've just got
1: goosebumps because so many I can just see so many other people in that position or similar situations not having the confidence to to push back on that. That would have taken a lot of strength.
2: strength. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got enough feistiness in me these days for myself and everyone else. So anytime you need a pep talk, you just call me, even if you're in the waiting room of a doctor surgery, (laughs) help you out with some scripts. There are some actual, um, there are some scripts that are going around um, about um, asking one. One of the really good questions is: if I was in a smaller body and I was presenting to you with this concern, this health concern, how would you, you know, how would you treat me or how would you diagnose me? Because um, there is quite a bit of um, bias there with people that uh, are going in for legitimate concerns about their health, and they're being told that first they just need to lose some weight um so yeah so that's one one thing you can do but um yeah gather gather your troops and and um yeah Find good people on social media, find great support systems, health at every size, service providers and, um, and have these conversations with, with your friends that you know that will support you because I, I'm sure we are all sick of the chat around a coffee table or around gin and tonics where somebody says, oh, I just feel so big in these jeans and it just brings the whole room down, regardless mm. of whether or not um, you're feeling that way. Um, you just don't know who you're triggering around you by talking about weight and mm. and your body image concerns. Just try to put that away and deal with it yourself or get the right people to help you with that because um, nobody wants to hear about your diet, Susan. No one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Susan and not Karen I was just thinking the same thing (laughs) now we're not going to let you get away without talking to us about your book as well yeah so so perfectly imperfect can you talk to us about your book a little bit
2: yeah sure well um I as I've been working with clients um I uh i noticed that A lot of people were asking about my own personal lived experience and I kept thinking, I wrote that in a blog, I wrote that in a blog, I wrote that in my blog and I had written a private blog only to myself and about three other friends when my children were little, like when actually before I'd even had my second child. So very early days, my husband was fly in, fly out. And I was feeling so lonely on the hill and feeling like I was struggling with my own body image and how my weight was going. I was blogging about my my, um, experiences. I was writing about them, often with one child kind of poking toys through the the baby gate at me and another one (laughs) lolling around at my feet and I'm desperately trying to get out all of what I was experiencing. So one, um, I when I noticed that my clients really needed to read my stories, then I decided to collate it into a book and publish it, which was daunting because I'd never intended on this going public. So there's some stuff in there that I just thought, oh my gosh, like, am I really going to release this? Um, you know, there's struggles with my parents and there's struggles with Kent and how I feel about my mental health and how I feel about um, about being a mum, like really tough stuff. Um, and I was lonely. I was lonely even with people around me because, you know, that loneliness that you feel, um, yep. but also the, the joyous moments and the main thing is that I, I learnt that building gratitude into my days and being really thankful for all of those small moments and being really compassionate with yourself and others um, changes um, how you feel about your life and feel about yourself. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write a lot of those things about myself these days. I look back on a lot of those conversations and I feel for that younger me who was still struggling with, um, wanting to lose weight, And there's certainly some triggers for people in there that are trying to get off um, uh, the bandwagon of dieting. But um, I made it really clear at the beginning of the book just to go easy on yourself when you're reading this. Um, So, yeah, so that's what I did. I published my personal (laughs) diary (laughs) pretty much (laughs) and then just went, oh, no, what have I done? (laughs) And then when when I was launching it, like, and the first launch, when everybody was um, walking out with their books, I just wanted to like take them back and go, "No, sorry, can't read that."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That is very courageous. But you know, had you have um, been blogging with the intent of um, releasing it, it probably would have sounded completely different. Yeah, wouldn't it? Totally. For totally. Fear of judgment or fear of, of those things that you just mentioned. So it's a very courageous thing to do.
2: Yeah, well, it was it was helpful, and it really um, helped. Kind of, at the courage that I received that I got to launch the book was from starting this journey. Health at every size, like changing how I feel about my body, has enabled me to have the courage to go back to uni, to have the courage to open private practice, to have the courage to become a walk and talk therapist, to have the courage to. Um, to introduce health at every size to other people to have the courage to write a book or publish a book and it keeps going like there's there's more there's there's more moments in life that come to me now because I've just let go of that fear of living in this body the other day I jumped on a rowboat and I hadn't been in a you know on a rowboat for over 30 years and I had like a it like not in a like yeah. not a rowboat in a wow. like, like like an eight man sweep boat. And, you know, I hadn't done that since I was, I don't know, 15 or something. Hang on now. Yeah. Something anyway. Yeah. So it was, and, and I just thought, you know what, you know, regardless of how ludicrous this is or how much I stuff up, I'm going to give it a go. And it was so joyful um, and beautiful being on the Torrens and looking up at the buildings and just being on that water and around yeah. all the ducks and it, yeah. And I just thought, See, I could have missed out on that if I was worried about, you know, being the biggest person in the boat, or um, you know, or looking silly. And I just didn't allow myself to um, to miss out. So, yeah, that's that's what it gives you. It gives you the confidence to do anything you want.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Thank you for joining us today. There have been so many light bulb moments as you as you've been speaking today. You know, the the curiosity and compassion is one that really stuck with me, but also just having that strength and confidence to to question your medical practitioners Mm. in particular. And I find that medical practitioners often send people down a path um, without them really understanding why. Having that confidence to Mm. do that and to question it and to take ownership of your own health.
2: When you do helpful things and when you check in on your body and your mind, then you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I think this is all so powerful. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: My absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving me this space today to um, to chat. And um, I really, you know, if anybody does want to speak with me face to face, I can see people. But I also have group walks that I take people on that are um, a non-diet um uh walking space with where we have a coffee afterwards and that down at glenelg and and sterling too and they're really reasonably priced for people that want to join me in a very small group of people having a walk and having really compassionate conversation